0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the Holloway versus Allen card going down this weekend from Kansas City, Missouri. Fourteen fights going down this weekend in the big UFC cage. Always nice to have a fight night in front of uh, the crowd. And I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Hola. Uh, doing all right. I uh, had to miss live the
1: last uh, the pay-per-view. Uh, I think I might have uh, watched like <clears throat> a few of the prelims, but uh, yeah, you know that was a interesting card overall. Some 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 movement in the rankings and all that. And now we're uh, debuting Kansas City here, so uh, you know a few intriguing fights close to the top of the card. So let's uh, see what we could do.
0: Yeah, I mean, last pay per view was uh, was pretty great. Uh, you know, don't don't think the prelims were that memorable. Uh, Kelvin and Curtis had a really really good fight. But the main card, I just thought, really worked out pretty well. Um, you know, uh, the, the co-main event sucked, uh, but, I mean, we predicted it would suck, predicted, you know, Burns by Decision. What if it wasn't that bad? It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but in terms of, like, Masvidal, be, like, being, like, a star and being popular in Miami, like, that, pro- that pretty much went as bad as it could, like, entertainment-wise for people in the arena. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rodriguez winning was, was cool um font yanez that was amazing all right and then and then obviously the main event was uh incredible ko i got a question for you ozzy people you some people throwing around like best knockout ever like do you think do you think this no, is like no. what top five top ten like or what uh i mean
1: i don't think you know why it's like that for me you know i know maybe some people they'll um uh, uh feel you know really good about like oh man like the the placement i guess whatever the strike was great but, yeah, I just feel when you punch guys and, you know, you're clipping them, like, kind of, like, towards the ear, like, that back of the jaw area, I feel like it's, like, a little bit, I don't know, I don't know, do you understand what I mean? Like, I don't really love it as much, like, visually, like, oh, my God, it's such a crazy kill. Hey, the amazing part was it, or awesome part of it was, like, when they slow mode, like, how he kind of, like, used the distance and, you know, the cage and... Uh, how he was kind of a little bit hurt before that, and he had just stayed in there and kind of was ready to exchange, which is what I love to see. You know, you love seeing guys that are re- ready to commit uh, when a guy's in their range. Um, but I wouldn't put it like, I'm not going like, to, I don't even think I put it like top
0: 10. So, yeah, I saw that you tweeted about it. First time you tweeted like some, I wouldn't, yeah.
1: Oh, no, I thought it was a great KO, but I'm not, I don't think it was like, you know, I, I the thing is, I don't have like a current top 10 list or top five. So I'm not going to start making it and put that one. That'd be the first one, but it was a great knockout.
0: Yeah, I think like maybe 10, top 10, 20 best ever. It was pretty amazing considering just the context of it all. And it was pretty brutal as well, but uh, that was awesome. Um, I was nervous for him. I thought, I thought Pereira was was going bad. Yeah, I thought it was going bad. He Not turned. Yeah, play. that's what. That's what kind of it, Because I saw the line disappear on the on the on live lines, and I kind of knew something was going to happen. And then seeing you know Pereira swarming him, you're thinking, oh, he's going to find the kill. And then it kind of all turns on a, on a dime, and Izzy's the one who kills him. So that was pretty great. Um, I I was dead wrong about uh my boy GM3 Joe Pfeiffer. The train keeps on moving. Um, you know, somewhat right on my girl Sam Hughes though. She came through for a big winner, but a pretty successful card overall. Um. Any any other thoughts you want to give on that one before we move on?
1: No. Other than those, other than those, like few fights, like uh, I I didn't think anything was that uh that press. I, I hear Christian Rodriguez called out uh what's his name uh Simon uh what's it called? Simon uh oh, oh yeah Oliveira that dude. No, no, no. The Cameron Simon Cameron. Yeah, Simon. yeah. So uh, that my... be. I, I think that'd be a good fight. so we'll see Yeah,
0: that's that. what I meant. I kind of meant that. But that Simon Oliveira is another fighter too. That's incredible. Um. Garcia KO okay, was cool, and our boy Chase Sherman unfortunately got bumped from the guard. But that let's was, get into this saddened. card
1: here. Let's get going.
0: Bantamweight fight in the first fight. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards, Lucy Pudilova. The odds for this one: Pudilova um, minus one thirty-one. Jocelyn Edwards plus one. On 11 on the comeback so I think the striking here um, should be competitive either woman could win I guess you can give a slight advantage to Edwards but if there's any grappling advantage here it's going to be Pudilova I mean she came out with her wrestling shoes on last fight used it really effectively to win the fight and you got to think she's probably going to try to do it again here I mean it just won her the last fight uh, Edwards has been uh, out grappled thoroughly before especially by jo- uh, Jessica Rose Clark who post knee surgery I think it's the only fight Rose Clark has won after that knee Surgery, and she just dominated uh, Edwards on, on the mat there. So I mean, the path is there. I, I'm not one for endorsing uh, women's MMA favorites, but I think it's it's Pulova pass here. I mean, she she has like minus 400 upside if she hits takedowns here. So, uh,
1: so uh, Edwards missed weight her last fight, and I think it definitely helped her against a smaller you know girl that was coming up in weight already. Uh, so that was unfortunate. Here she's gonna fight a girl more her size, Pulova. Um, some of the stuff that I, I saw from her in her last fight, you know, her return to the MMA or to the UFC was good. good I thought, you know, the, the ground was good at how she was diving at the legs, finishing, kind of uh, prioritizing controls in some in the positions that she needed to. Um, and then even on in the clinch as well, which is something you'd like to see um, similar to like what Jessica Rose Clark did to uh, Jocelyn Edwards is... Uh, Pudelova was keeping her underhooks. She was working her knees in there. Um, so it was a pretty good performance overall. And then I think at range, even her hands are are not bad. Um, I'm going to probably pass in this fight, but I would definitely lean towards uh, Putulova. I would say. Um, but Edward, Edward could easily win the fight. I mean, she you know, she's long. Slight interruption there. I was just saying, Edward's is long. Uh, you know, for the division, I think she has, uh, or compared to Putulova, she has like two or three inch uh, reach advantage here. Um, but. You know, I'll probably be passing on the fight overall. Uh, Edwards could easily win the fight just poking at her and, you know, staying on the outside. But with all those kicks that she's been throwing of late and uh, using that as part of her game, uh, I think Pudelova is probably going to be looking to, uh, to, you know, grab those and uh, convert them into takedowns.
0: Yep, I largely agree there. So next fight is going to be men's Bantamweight division now. Gaston is taking on Aaron Phillips. Uh, Bolaños making his UFC debut as the minus 181 favorite. Aaron Phillips plus 156. is a former kickboxer, uh, coming over to the UFC. Uh, Definitely seems like the UFC uh, scraped the bottom of the barrel to get him an opponent here. You think Phillips is anywhere good enough to give him some trouble? I don't know who the management team for Belanos is,
1: but obviously that played a role here. Um, Phillips is kind of like an an experienced guy overall. You know, he's had a bunch of time off. I just think he, after getting his ass off, the the fights that they offered him, he probably was like, eh, it's probably biting off more than he could chew, uh, considering the pay as well. Um, But here, I think this is a fight that he feels that he can win, uh, specifically with some grappling uh here he also comes from some kind of like a muay thai kickboxing base i think he you know he'll switch up the stances a little bit um but i think that he could definitely be competitive with bolanos in this fight ideally looking c- kind of getting the clinch under hooks get a takedown um and then uh you know test his ground game but this is a very low level fight overall
0: it is and uh he's Sucker Punch uh, Entertainment, you know, Brian Butler. Interesting. Same manager as Aaron Phillips, though. So these guys, you know, um, I think that probably uh, helps like the goes the distance here, if anything. Yeah, I mean, Phillips seems not that good i mean i was i was just refreshing my mind obviously he got smushed by jack shore that's not really relevant here but i was watching his fight right before we got to the ufc versus ariston franca this dude is getting his ass kicked in that first round like he's getting taken down and pounded out and he was like seconds away from being stopped and the guy just completely was dead tired and uh, you know phillips got him from that point on but i mean he was well, hey don't
1: hit me he, he, he that guy's got a black belt bro you don't see his topology picture
0: yeah, I do. I do now, but you know, 12 and seven MMA player. Definitely. I mean, still, um, he's a finisher, they, bro. Finisher seven submission I, wins. Three I in feel the first like, run. uh, I feel like, yeah, the sub is probably worth a poke. You know, you, you saw, I'm sure I know Ozzy saw this picture of, of Phillips training with Donna Hare and, uh, what's the Alopecia guys name? Gary Tonin, um,
1: you know, his name, bro.
0: Don't and, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, Path the victory seems fairly clear right I mean Bolaños is sh- certainly going to be sharper than Sky on the feet um uh, and he seems to be getting better at the MMA range of things but Bolaños is grappling you know looks pretty weak I mean he got choked out with that uh like guillotine in one of his fights the guy didn't even hit a takedown he just you know wrapped his arm around the head while standing and jumped guard and that was good enough to sub him so uh got to think that that uh phillips has been grappling a lot lot longer and that's where his biggest edge is so plus a thousand for a sub i wouldn't even knock a play against inside the distance uh because if he's on top and knock it in the sub too easily he might just let like let the hands go with uh brown and pound just the, the the itd lines you know plus a hundred or plus a thousand for oh what the fuck plus a hundred for bolaños and then plus 400 for phillips i mean uh, would it really surprise anybody? If Phillips is, just- Phillips's biggest problem, dude, is that he looks like a little boy,
1: and he's just not strong. <laughs> so he's gonna Three have to be—he's gonna have to be like, yeah, I mean, but he still looks—he looks skinny as fuck. He's gonna have to be opportunistic because I do yes. not see him winning a lot of minutes here, and I think Bolanos is in shape, so.
0: I agree. Great, great, I an, great analysis. Yeah. He's not winning minutes. If he's winning, it'll be like a moment where he finishes the fight, in, in my opinion. So yeah, take the like ITD. There's a flyer on the sub. Next fight, women's, uh, what is this? Women's uh, strawweight, Bruno Brazil taking on Denise gomes and the line for this one brazil minus 145 gomes plus 125 bruna brazil that's a fucking sick name especially being from brazil imagine if america was like a common last name in in america um anyway uh you know bruna looks pretty pretty legit i mean her kicks are fast you know nasty nasty head kick knockout on uh her contender series she can even hit a takedown or something and gomes to me just looks a lot slower she's uh Pretty much exclusively a striker. I think uh, Gomes grappling is, is not very good. Uh, you know, Loma took her down easily uh, several times, and I just think that Brazil probably has an advantage on the feet here, and might even be able to hit takedowns and uh, and keep Gomes on her back for long periods of time. So I, I lean I lean Brazil here as well. Uh, you know, won't see me endorsing a bet on on a woman at minus one forty five. But if it's uh, if there's any bet to be made here, it is Brazil or, or nothing. Uh, any thoughts here, Ozzy? Honestly, not
1: that much, man. I mean, you know, I liked what I saw from Bruna Brazil. The small bit that I've seen, um, she also is from my 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 year as well. Um, but I mean, she 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 obviously is hip to the whole MMA thing, you know. It's not like the girl her debut was against Carnalosi, so she's tough for sure, right? Like they don't give you Carnalosi if like yo Carnalosi fought. ah, That's funny. She fought Amanda Ribas, and then the next fight was Bruno Brazil. So that's funny. They they obviously in Brazil they get down, dude. If you can't fight, they're fucking finding out early. But um. So she's obviously hip to it. She's got like a decent Muay Thai game, like good kicks. Like you said, like she'll even look to go for submissions a bit. But that's a little bit of the scary part, I think, here. Because Gomez, I'm gonna call her Gomez. It looks like her I don't know, the Loma fight, they they're obviously exchanging a lot of positions. It was, you know, back and forth. It was a lot of things are going on there. Um but I feel that Bruna can't she's young enough in her fight career that she can uh let fights get put into like a certain area that she doesn't want it to be within um but i think she'll probably stay at range be able to 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 just hit this girl cuz this girl's defense is pretty bad but hopefully they're not exchanging submissions too much because that just introduces a lot a, lo- a lot more variance into it and with seeing that people are betting on Gomez, it kind of makes me want to be like, just like, mm, just stay away from the fight. Um, so, but we'll see. It's going down a lot.
0: Uh, that kind of almost tempts me more to better because I see that people are uh, the betting Gomes. I'm fading, fading the CLV, fading the senior. I think Brazil, Brazil sub 10 to one might be worth a poke here. Um, next fight. Daniel Zell Huber versus Lando Venada. In the lightweight division, the odds for this one: Zellhuber minus one twenty nine, Venada plus one hundred nine. Uh, about as awful as a UFC debut can go for for Zellhuber. There, uh, you think Trey he Ognon Ognon maybe he's good? There? Maybe Ogden's good. That's that's a big maybe. But um, you think he's gonna? You know, have, I mean, certainly he has to have a better performance here. But you think he's you know got enough in the tank early on here to uh, to beat Lando Venada? Uh, I
1: mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. The angle that I'm thinking here is that this fight will go long. Just because Lando, 155 now, again, hasn't really knocked any... Like, when's the last time he... He dropped y- Yancey? Or...
0: I, thought, I thought it was...
1: uh, Yeah, but I, I just felt that maybe he hit Yancey with a few good punches. But other than that, it's been a while, dude, since that Matt frivola fight, right? And we've seen Matt Frivola's chin, right? So... No, know, at 155 with a kid like Zell Hooper, who's long, who obviously, you know, people people are mad at him about the Trey Ogden fight, right, about not mixing it up with him. But what does that mean, dude? That means that he could probably do the same shit here and kind of just pick away at Lando. He's got a six-inch reach advantage, right? Six-inch reach advantage, three-inch or four-inch height advantage. And I, I think, honestly, the grappling, I think Lando has okay grappling, but I just don't think he can do that. Uh... Terms of finish using it to finish a fight so i kind of like this fight to go later so huber a little bit in this fight
0: interesting didn't expect yeah. you like him but I, I agree with it going long it should um you know, I see very little finishing potential for Lando here. If anyone's finishing the fight, it'll probably be Zell Huber by KO. But, you know, Lando is pretty tough historically. Uh, you know, he's he knows how to, like, not stay in the pocket. So if he's, like, he's getting hit with some shots here, I think he'll mix in the clinch. He'll attempt to wrestle. I think he will come out looking to wrestle. You know, he did... Uh, in a recent fight of his versus Jordan, just, you know, saw the opportunity, tall, lanky like, guy without really good takedown defense, and he, you know, he took advantage of it. Uh, it didn't go too well for him for very long. Uh, but I could definitely see Lando having some wrestling success here. Uh, I don't think. I'm not as super enthusiastic about betting Lando. Uh, I would be skeptical about laying any juice on Zell Hooper just because he looked so horrible in his last fight, which, uh, which should have been a stylistic layup for him. He, I think a lot of it had to have been, you know, mental side of things, nerves, uh, because he had an amazing back-and-forth fight with Almeida in the Contender Series, you know, just a war, striking war in that fight. And then he looks completely scared and, sh- scared and shy versus Trey Ogden, who is a terrible striker, quite frankly. So, um, you know, you got to think Zell Hooper is probably going to come out uh, here trying to prove something. Uh, and, you know, maybe just wait to, to live bet Lando. Zell Hooper might might start fast. Um, I don't know, though. I, I don't knock any plays on, on Lando here. I do think it is dog or pass from a pre-fight situation. I agree with, with odd overs, and the GTD seem pretty good here. So we'll move on to the third and final women's fight on the card, uh, strawweight division. Uh, Pierre Rodriguez taking on Jillian Robertson here. And the odds for this one Robertson minus 130, Piera plus 110. I remember when this line first dropped, I was thinking, oh, Jillian plus 150, that's interesting. And then I looked like uh, a couple days later, I wasn't paying attention to it, and she was the favorite. So uh, the, the line moved pretty quick. A lot of people uh, jumped in on Jillian uh, early on, and the line is staying about the same, you know, which is interesting because, you know, limits have gone up obviously this week, probably, and you're not really seeing much buyback on Piera. Hold on one sec. Just had some, some, uh, neighborly motorcycles driving by. So, um, anyway, that's a, the neighborhood, the cul-de-sac watch crew came by, right? Exactly. Um, and so thinking about this fight, I mean, uh, seems pretty clear that pierre will be the better striker i mean jillian is almost never the better striker than her opponents um but you know the, i think the wrestling and the jiu is you know a big uh, question mark here who will get the better of these grappling exchanges and i can guarantee the grappling exchanges will ensue here although i was wrong i think i listened back to a fight i i said oh i said pinheiro was there's a minus 900 percent chance I another... that uh the, there was going to be a head-and-arm throw, and there wasn't. They're so done. I lost that bet big yeah. time. Um, but this fight, it, it has to involve grappling. they are going to be exchanges where I think both women are probably on top throughout the fight. Um, and we got to know Jillian going down to 115 here, first time in forever. I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe it was, what, two or three years ago Jillian moved up to 115. It was like six or seven years ago. She hasn't fought at 115 in forever. But you've been, uh, and look, yo, it She's up,
1: only 27, dude. She's been around for forever
0: yeah this girl's awesome. had a lot of
1: fight. Dude, she even had nine amateur fights
0: yeah she's a life. she's a lifer yeah i love julian uh or J- jillian excuse me <laughs> um anyway uh uh she looks trim though i mean you look on her instagram you look on her OnlyFans. uh you know very trim uh she, she looks like she's probably not gonna have to cut a too tough of a weight cut because she's already you know dieted down uh so well but you still gotta f- wonder how it's gonna affect her cardio i think at 125 you know she obviously she's a terrible striker uh i think one of her best apps. Boost is that she had good cardio. She could eat some shots early on, and she could, you know, work through that, eventually get her takedowns and then get her top game going. But at 115, man, I, I could see her cardio not being as reliable in that second and third round, and that kind of gives up a lot of her style. She really wears on women in the cage. And I don't know if she's gonna be able to do that here with uh with uh you know the weight cut. But um I do lean Jillian. I will be leaning all three women's MMA favorites here, uh, but I cannot let myself bet any of them. Um and I think oh, just rewatching Pierre's fight against Kay Hansen, man. Kay Hansen took her down uh two times, you know, double legged her. Uh K Hansen passed her guard, she was on top, and then uh full guard, 45 seconds later, she passed the side control. So I'm thinking that if if Hansen can take her down, pass her guard, Jillian should be able to do that as well. And then I think Pierre is just probably gonna be a bigger, uh, a bigger dog live. So if you like Pierra, um I would probably advise waiting to see how she deals with the, the takedowns before uh and I, I think jillian will do enough to get her hand raised here i'm not sure how she'll get it done i think i lean decision uh oh last thing else, i was i can't believe i went on so long about this fight and didn't get to this <laughs> point earlier but the fight going to the decision is the best bet on the fight it's it's plus 100 do they really think the women are finishing a fight at 50 hell no
1: yeah that's what they um, think martian they think that jillian bullshit. is gonna submit they, her
0: no, yeah, but they also have Rodriguez KO at plus three twenty five, which is where they think, the
1: GGD is that wrong. Th- they th- they think that Jillian's going to give up.
0: That's wrong. That's bullshit. You know, think of He's I not... mean, no, I mean, bro, it's a women's KO at plus three twenty five. I don't know. That's I'm horrible. saying
1: yeah. I feel like you gave me a lot of the factors of why she'll give up. Her striking's horrible. It's time cutting down to on one fifteen.
0: Well, oh, that's what, that's yeah. a, that's another good point. Is that she'll she'll concede bottom in the second half of the fight, like she did against Talia Santos. Once she realizes that she's like outmatched, she's not gonna fool around on the feet. She'll like pull guard and shoot weak takedowns. And Piera is happy to oblige, uh, you know, staying on top. So okay. I think if uh, if it's not going well for her, she'll probably just have some you know uh, Jacqueline Amarin okay. style takedowns and then end on bottom. Got it. So G-G-D. you pick as
1: Jillian. So
0: pick as GTD.
1: You, you, I think hit, took all of our allotment for that fight. I'll yep, just say I that I, uh, I'll go with Piera.
0: Okay, good to know. I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet GGD right now, actually, for this fight plus one hundred. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Moving on. Um, the fight that everyone's been talking about. Um, we are back in 2006, ladies and gentlemen. Ed Herman taking on Zach Cummings in this one light heavyweight division, Zach Cummings retirement fight, and he still comes in at the minus 210 favor for Ed Herman plus 180. Ozzy's been hitting me up all week about this fight, he's dying to talk about it. Finally, let's hear your analysis for this one.
1: So, obviously, I, I have to tell you guys that if you haven't watched Kendall Grove versus Ed Herman from 2006, uh, please do that, check that fight out. That fight, I watched that fight, and three weeks later, dude, I was in jujitsu. Three weeks to the date, bro, Martian. I'm telling you, I was like, I gotta go. I saw uh, Kenny Florian in the main event choke Sam Stout's bitch ass out, that bitch ass Canadian, and uh, uh, and I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, this is definitely the best because uh, uh, Kenny Florian looked like classic IT guy. But um, but anyway, yeah, you got this right here. They're moving up to 205. You know, Ed Herman got his leg chopped off in his last fight, but you don't really know what he's looking to do in none of these fights, is, is the problem. Probably, like, he should morph into Don Fry, you know, kind of be looking a dirty box, like Randy Couture, all those kinds of things. But I don't really think that's going to be that effective against Zach Cummings. Um, Zach Cummings, for all, like, he's always been a tough guy, never been knocked out, Um, only uh, been finished twice, and that's by submission. Um, and, you know, he's a southpaw, throws a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, jab, you know, with a cross behind it, decent kicks. Um, the biggest issue with him is that he had, like, back surgery and was fucking crippled for a little bit. Um, that's never good. I'll tell you, I threw my back out about a month ago, um, and my shit was fucked up for, it was only about three, four days, but I'm still young. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's sounded bad for him. But if he is at all, you know, I don't know, if he can move at all stay away from you know Ed Herman clinching him and it is able to throw any semblance of a left kick i think he should win
0: Man, this is this is tough to give much, you know, legit analysis on. Uh these guys are both uh, you know, tre- national treasures. Uh <laughs> rewatching Zach Cummings last fight, I mean, literally knocks ADC out with a head kick at the last possible second of the fight. That, that was, shit was fucking that was fucking amazing. Fucking hilarious.
1: And he was the <laughs> underdog or even money in that fight. I love that. And I, I it was like one one going into the third round. And this was COVID times, I remember, and I was so fucking into that dumbass fight. Mm-hmm. Um
0: and then when you hit him with that head kick, I was like, all right, like, they can't rob us now. They can't. He, I honestly thought, like, in that fight, his, his boxing defense is kind of jank. Like, he kind of leaves his head wide up there. But he looked sort of quick in that fight for, like, being an old guy. Like, he looked faster than ADC did. And, you know, ADC is probably several years younger. And, you know, barring any, you know, major, uh, you know, uh, The depletions in his athletic abilities over the past few years which is possible Uh, he should still be a a good bit quicker than ed herman i mean ed herman is like stuck in the mud type of slow i mean he hasn't fought in two years himself both these guys coming off long layoffs so um i was kind of thinking about just the tempo of this fight i don't think there's any point in like predicting who's gonna win uh the fight uh i think if anything i would not advise laying minus. 210 on on coming so it has to be dog or pass but thinking about if it's going to go over or under i was initially thinking that like oh these guys are so old that they could die from any punch but then i remembered i mean ed herman took a fucking beating from alonzo Menafield and never quit he took a beating from mike rodriguez and never quit got a little help from the referee there and ed herman just doesn't hit hard at all so I actually think this one will somehow stretch to a decision. should be a sloppy 15-minute affair. I really don't think there's a single good bet to be made on this fight, guys. I mean, sit back and laugh at this one and save your bets for a a better fight. Like the next fight uh, in the, the flyweight division, Mateus Nicolau versus Brandon Royval. Mateus Nicolau minus 210. Brandon Royval plus 180 unfortunately that the best value on the line is gone it was uh nikolau earlier in the week which i scooped up some of uh minus 160 i think think ozzy did as well but i won't you know fully uh, divulge that um but you know it, it just seems like uh it seems a really good matchup for nikola i mean we've been we've been pretty skeptical of roy vault throughout his entire career uh but for for damn good reason i mean this guy uh he pumps out a lot of volume on the feet he has good ideas on the feet but he's just his defense is so bad and he's not durable that he's getting caught in these exchanges all the time so i think on the feet nicolau should have sharp enough counterboxing to you know hit him with some good punches here that probably uh sit royval down and Mateus is also skilled enough of a grappler a top position player that he should be able to avoid all the bullshit that royval does that spastic you know subs off his back or throwing strikes off his back. I think Nicolau's top, top game is, is very competent. And I think honestly Nicolau should be capable of outboxing him and out grappling him here. So he has two ways to win. Uh he's more durable. I think he's more likely to get a knockout here. And he's also probably, you know, just more likely to win a decision because Roy Vall uh just not a good minute winner, as they say. So I like uh, I like Brazil here. Um what do you think? Yeah
1: I got I took Nicolau when he was minus one fifty six. Um and I have just been a fan of his uh, you know, his whole career. And I mean, I kinda was very adamant when Roy Val fought um uh Pantoja that Pantoja is gonna beat him up or or easily win. Um and, you know, that line the same that I bet I bet Pantoja like minus one sixty. And I'm betting, you know, I think Nikolai's on the same level as Pantoja overall. Um, maybe even a little bit cleaner, especially with the with the with the hands and has shown decent cardio something, you know, sometimes the fights get a little sketchy, but the guys, you know, could fight three rounds. So I mean people that are skeptical, like there's no time that Nicola's there's like you've been that worried about this guy's gas tank. You know, if anything, you know, when he's throwing uh these strikes in the pocket, you kind of want him to just throw more strikes, right? Because he doesn't get tired in the third rounds. And you're like, wow, I wish that he would, you know, just throw a few more strikes in there because it, you know, it looks like he can. Um but when he does throw these counters, man, he he hits hard, and it's not hard to hit Brandon Roy Val. Um What pe- what messes people up is when they get out of character. They you know they 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 lose composure. Nikolaj doesn't do that. Nikolaj when he's striking, he'll he'll stay even if the crowd's booing him, right? He'll when he was fought Dvorak, if he wanted to, dude, he could have knocked David Dvorak the fuck out. Like every time he was swinging, he would be connecting with him. But he chose to you know circle around, you know, stay away a little bit. Um, and he's got a lot of rounds banked, like a lot of high-level rounds with a lot of high-level guys, and uh, is, has, is not one to get caught very often. So I think Brandon Royval is kind of like new-age, kind of like skill spammer guy. Um, gets hurt often, you know, kind of wins by the skin of his teeth, gives up position. So I like I like uh, uh, to to clearly decisively.
0: Nice. It's time for the last fight on the prelims. Uh, by the way, division downtown CJ Brown versus Bill El Señor Perfecto Algio. Uh in the featherweight division and uh bill algeo minus 194 tj brown plus 169 so what are you thinking about this matchup for our man bill cool fight cool fight for a bill i like it i like how
1: they're ma- i like how they're matching them up here for the boy you know two live events in a row as well featured prelim right now all good stuff right martian all good actually stuff.
0: actually he fought in the feely in the apex i think didn't
1: he oh okay yeah, i yeah. forgot that was the
0: in-between fight but
1: he would have beat feely too if he didn't break his arm in that third round he would have won that fight um, and, and now we got a live event here though, but you know, in, uh, TJ Brown's kind of like, I think he's like from somewhere around there, but anyway, whatever. Um, so you got two guys here. They're pretty well-rounded TJ Brown. You know, um, I, when I, I, f- I, remember watching this contender fight and I was impressed with his, uh, his wrestling, like his mat wrestling specifically, like he would move around a lot, um, and got kind of gets a good position. So I was pretty good by him little underwhelming going three and three in his UFC career and his UFC run, you know, losing to, to Griffin. All very winnable fights, right, Martian? If you think about his losses, like the Griffin fight was like, what are you doing? The Chavez fight, it's like, what are you doing? The Nerland Beckoff fight, it's like, what, what's going on here? Um, yeah, he's He's kind of like he makes a few bad decisions here and there. But the last fight was a good step for him because he saw the advantage that he had and then he pressed the advantage and then he got to the position that he's really good in with that arm triangle. Um, but I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Bill Algio is impossible to submit, guys. It, this guy is like, you know, a slippery goose. Like, it's crazy. Um, so I don't think he's going to get caught with stuff like that. But, you know, he he is a guy who he will get put into these positions. So could I see T.J. Brown, you know, getting on top, you know, maybe a top half guard, whatever. he's He has like a choke or a position, and he's kind of holding it and some clock bleeds. Yeah, I could see that. But on the feet, if Bill commits to his volume and his Muay Thai approach, I think that uh, uh, T.J. Brown hasn't seen that all that much from a guy who can mix that up. And then if he needs to... Uh, uh, do a lot of takedowns, both lower body takedowns and upper body, because Bill does have some Greco. Um, So I think he should be able to pull it out, but at minus 200, it's a little expensive here, uh, going against another guy who's a bit well-rounded and could, uh, you know, hang with him in a few areas. But I do think, at the end of the day, our boy Bill Algeo will prevail with the victory here and uh, set up, hopefully, a good next fight for him.
0: Yeah, my bad. If we heard a little more motorcycles, it's it's. No, we didn't, I, didn't it's hear it, I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything. Okay, it's summer in the Philly suburbs, so uh, you know the the bikes will be out. But um, speaking of Philly suburbs, you know the king of the Philly sub, uh, the the king of the Philly suburbs, Balgio fighting in this fight. Um, good friend of the podcast, TJ Brown. Uh, you know he's cool in my book too. This is really good matchmaking. These guys are right around the same tiers. Uh, you know I think this is a really well made fight. Um and a fight that I I've seen before. I think this one will look a lot similar to the Joe Anderson Brito fight. Um, and just bill fights in general. I mean, he he's generally, uh, a, a guy who starts slow in round one round two is typically his best round. Uh, you know, round three, he usually has a close round with, with but, uh, usually gets the better of the guy in the third round. And I think that's, what's going to happen here is that in round one, we will see B- a T. J. Brown take takedown bill. Um, T.J. didn't wrestle in college, but he is, you know, definitely has like a wrestling pedigree and. um, He will get takedowns on Bill here, Bill, his takedown defense isn't great. He's been working on it over the past few years and it's getting steadily better, but uh, he definitely is there to be taken down. And as Ozzy said, he will be put in bad positions. You won't submit him, but he he will be put in bad spots. We've seen him, you know, time and time again in the UFC, especially, you know, Herbert Burns fight, fully locked in triangle. Andre Feely had the back, uh, and TJ Brown's probably gonna attempt an arm triangle or two here. And, um, but I just think eventually at some point in this fight, TJ Brown will be out grappling him. And then Bill is going to turn it around and he will be the one on top. I think at some point, Bill will just end up on top. We'll reverse this. Uh, I just think Bill's got the better jujitsu, to be honest. I think you you just see Brown show a little bit of that 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 susceptibility in the jujitsu like in that jordan griffin fight which is you know inexplicable how he got submitted from that position i think we'll see you know bill hit hit a sweep here uh, maybe get his back taken and turn that back take. i think we actually might even see like bill like almost deliberately give up his back like say if he's in a bad spot like half guard or full or, or um or mounted or something, he'll give up his back and he'll defend for a second, and because he knows he's eventually going to turn that back, to you, just like he did versus Joe Anderson Brito. And then uh, I just think Bill's, you know, a level or two ahead on the feet here. I think he's, you know, clearly the more layered and versatile striker, especially in the clinch and uh, bill will just you know put it on him in the second and third round and, and win a decision here it'll be a close fight it might even be a split decision uh and i that, because of that i would not advise laying you know two to one on bill i think bill will get his hand raised will be a good live bet bill's almost a, always a better live bet you know halfway through or at the end of round one uh and i'm pretty pretty confident this one goes the full 15 minutes as well a lot of good gtd lines this week there's like a lot of like minus 200 gtds that it should hit.
1: And what, um, I, what I would say, too, is the difference of, let's say, ground ability or grappling that uh, TJ Brown going from, from the last dude, Eric Silva, he fought to uh, Bill is just like a crazy big uh, jump up. And There are some positions there that where the dude, Eric Silva, just not even trying to get out of some positions. So I think uh, people were sharp to not let that affect their uh, betting of the fight, as we've seen with people taking bill from he he's been steamed this like a 60 like 60 cent move it's been a pretty aggressive move
0: yeah but i mean tj was so undervalued in that last fight i mean i think the market is generally pretty low on tj so that could mean you know i think he's i think if there's a pre-fight side it's tj here so um main card time uh clay guida versus hoffa garcia uh, Guida and Ed Herman both made their UFC be- debuts 17 years ago, back in 2006. Guida was on that car too?
1: He was on that one?
0: Uh, I don't know about that exact same car, oh, but it was 2006 okay. when he made his debut. Okay, okay. I remember Guida. I remember him. Um, Hafa Garcia, minus 265. Clay Guida, plus 225. I mean, Clay Guida fights are always close. They're always grinding, you know, type of uh, wrestling against the cage type of fights. And, you know, Hafa Garcia sort of has a similar style. He's basically just like a... A 13 year uh, younger Mexican uh, Clay Guida. When you think about it um, with a buzz cut. So, you know, uh,
1: I think, you, are you sure that Clay Guida is not Mexican?
0: Um, no, I'm not. He, I definitely, he's definitely like a, uh, a Neanderthal of some sort, but I don't know about Mexican. Um, so, I mean, uh, I just think Garcia, if you look at his past few wins, he's typically been wrestling his way to, to win, uh, But I think that's not going to be as easy of an option here because Guida is still a solid wrestler, not easy to take down. And if he takes uh, Garcia, if he takes Guida down, I think he's giving up the possibility for him to get reversed and just embrace that Clay Guida grind where he's going to have his back to the cage. And Guida is going to be attempting single legs. They're not going to be working, but he's going to be holding him against the cage. I mean, we've seen this so much from Guida in his last few fights. So Rafa's biggest uh, advantage is keeping it at distance. I mean, he should box Guida up at distance. But. The guy doesn't hit very hard, um, but Guida just seems, you know, obviously he's super, super old. And, you know, at that point, the durability and everything could fall off at any moment. So, for a guy should, that should have the pretty clear striking advantage and is almost a three to one favorite, I think Garcia KO at nine to one, 10 to one is a good poke here. Um, our boy Pepe was endorsing this one. He also mentioned uh, Garcia KO round one, which is like over 20 to one odds or something. So, um, what are you thinking here? Any thoughts? And this is like this fight is just going to devolve into just
1: two pit bulls fucking fighting it out, playing tug of war. But, you know, fucking Sorry, Chad. You no. Know, <laughs> yeah, two pit bulls just fighting it out because like you said, I feel like, you know, some of the takedowns that um uh, that Hoffa goes for, mm, I don't really see those kind of working that well on, on like, like a guy so little st- like stocky and, you know, um uh, Plague Weed, I feel like he's like the kind of guy, like, he'll, you know, just like a little block of the takedown, and then he just starts flurrying on you, and then he'll go for a takedown. And then it'll just go back and forth like that. It'll be like, like, oh, man, he's backing up. Hoffa Garcia's backing up. he's going for the takedown. Hoffa gets some underhooks. He pushes them off a little bit. He spins them against the fence. He throws some punches, and then he goes for And then they just exchange that for the whole fucking fight. Because um, I don't really see anywhere else where one of these guys differentiate themselves over the other. Hoffa does, I think, commit more on the strikes. Um, and Clay the, the Clay fight against Scott Holtzman, though, was a little weird to me because I still don't know how he won that fight. Um feel like he could win that same exact way here. Like, literally the same way. But Hoffa is a smart fighter. Um, so, I do... Like, I would favor him the just on the youth angle. But skill-wise... Skill wise, because of where their strengths uh, lie against each other, um, is seems like a very close fight to me. So, I would want, I should bet Clay Guida, but I do not want to root for him, so I'm not gonna do it.
0: Yeah, I was in early in the week. I was kind of thinking Guida, but then I'm like 13 years older. Like, I mean, you cannot uh, you can make up for a lot of skill deficit with a 13 year age gap.
1: Hoffa is underrated. People, people, not not in this line, I'll say, but just overall, like the guys, he's pretty well put together. He's so young too.
0: I know I said uh, GT. I know I said KO for Guida, but or uh, Garcia, excuse me, but GTD here I think seems good. I mean, Guida is not. There's no way I think Guida finishes Garcia, um, and uh, Garcia. I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think he's likely to finish him at all. I wonder what. Wonder what. Uh, no scorecards is. Has I, to be heavy. I,
1: I will say that. Uh, the one event I should, Garcia is a better submission grappler than Clay Guida. So, man, like, I could see, like, you saw, hmm, like, there are some positions Clay does give up to be bad. But then on the other hand, you look at the fact that, like, this guy lost to Gritsmacher and now he's fighting fucking Clay Guida, <laughs> right? It's like, you're like, hmm, makes you wonder, right? Makes you think about it a little bit. So, I, I, I couldn't, there's no, you couldn't not bet Hafa Garcia. It yeah,
0: it's out of the question. I think end split here is like plus 425, um, uh, plus um, 400. I think that's not bad. Um, Anyway, next fight is in the Bantamweight division. A really good matchup here. Pedro Munoz taking on Chris Gutierrez. And we have Gutierrez is the favorite at, uh, let's see, minus 205. Pedro Munoz plus 175 in the comeback. And I think the money line is i wouldn't say it's about right but i mean i understand gutierrez uh definitely should be favored maybe minus 150 170 would be a little more appropriate but i just think um i mean he's going to be quicker than Munoz in there you know he's very elusive you know very focuses a lot on footwork doesn't really engage in a lot of exchanges and i can just see pedro having a hard time tracking him down in there if you know Munoz likes uh he loves when guys stand in front of him he's great at smashing leg kicks and boxing in the pocket but when you have to go track your opponent down uh, track his opponent down he doesn't do very well and we saw that very recently against uh Dominic Cruz um and you know not saying Gutierrez is on that same level but he does have sort of that same you know elusive kick heavy style no as Cruz no. um so no. I could see I could see it being a uh, very similar no. does is does does Gutierrez not focus a lot on 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 footworking kicks?
1: I Like Dominic Cruz, bro, this is not the same, bro.
0: It's yeah, but it's it's a worth it's worth noting that he did struggle with a similar style matchup recently. Um, so I think this fight, the best, Dominic Cruz, if won. he if Dominic Cruz
1: heard that you compare Gutierrez to him, he'd be upset. I just want you to know, that. I mean, I just want you to but know, Gutierrez,
0: that. Is, Gutierrez is very good. I, I just I want you to good.
1: know he would feel disrespected. I want the that on you know, uh, on the record.
0: That's okay, I can deal with that. Okay. Um so I think the best bet on the fight is to ghost the distance. I already bet it at minus 170 to win one unit. I mean, Munoz, uh, historically, one of the most durable guys ever. We've seen him take insane shots. Just got an incredible chin on him. Uh, and, you know, Gutierrez isn't going to submit him either. It has to be a Gutierrez KO if he's finishing Munoz. And the line is, my man, plus 325, plus 380. I know he knocked out Dana and he knocked out uh, Edgar, but let's not forget that... Before that, he was going to the decision with with, with bums, quite frankly. I mean, with really, really low-level fighters, he went to the decision multiple, multiple times. I know those guys were grappling a lot of those fights, Colaris, uh, the Freitas, they had a lot of grappling, um, but he, he is not a, a big puncher. That's not his style. His style is the, the jab, the leg kick, the move. He did find some two massive shots with the spinning back fist and the knee for his KOs, but his style is not a KO fighter. So... Uh, the I think the more the the fighter more likely to finish would actually be Munoz, but I, I've seen good enough durability from Gutierrez that I think that that's not going to happen. Pedro just uh, I don't know, man. He I don't think he really builds on his success as much as he should. So I just think this one will be a close striking decision. I see Gutierrez getting his hand raised by decision, uh, but I just think the best bet is uh, for this fight to go the full fifteen. Any thoughts here?
1: A lot of thoughts actually, and um, and I. I, I have not really seen what the overall sentiment is on this fight. Um, I, for one, I am surprised to see Pedro Munoz at plus, like, 175, 180. Here you could get him. A few guys that I know feel the same way. And, I mean, overall, it's just like, man, you know, Chris Gutierrez, like, if you look at that Dana fight, you know, you see the stuff that he does well, right? in space, flicking the jab out every now and then, you know, kind of staying left and right um but he's he loses he's losing that fight clearly to me you know and then he kind of you know lands that great elbow but even just some of his decision making some of the sh- like how he you know the how he ends the first round there you know Danaz not a grappling threat so how or wh- why he thinks it's good for the last 30 seconds to just not do anything like the first rounds when you're supposed to have the most energy that you can have, you always want to punctuate rounds well. So I didn't like seeing that. And then you know he parlays a spinning back elbow in a fight that he was losing, and knocking out Frankie Edgar into being two hundred minus two hundred against Pedro Munoz. And when you think about that, that just doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense because Pedro, um, on, in his own right, has kind of like similar game. I feel honestly to to Chris. It, just only that he's smaller, you know, he's got shorter range, you know, shorter overall, but he actually has a submission game. It's never been finished ever in his career. He's fought killers across the division, five, you know, has fought in a main event or right only one main event, um, but has great kicks, throws to the body, comes up the middle. And I think that's going to be a big factor in this fight. The way that Pedro is able to throw straight strikes to the body, you know, um, uh, this guy. Gutierrez likes to go left and right, you know, a lot of times. Coming just straight down the pipe uh, with that front kick, I think should should go well. Maybe mixing the takedown, but, he, you know, he doesn't really go for takedowns. But I think here he could. I mean, Felipe Calares could take you down. You know, don't tell me Pedro Munoz can't get in on a double leg on this guy. Um, And I just think it's a very good underdog shot because I feel even if even a large percentage of, right, this guy's even money or a little plus money to him by decision. Uh. Gutierrez, I'm giving a large percentage of that is a contested decision, in my opinion. You know, so uh so I feel like Pedro's just a very good bet overall.
0: I don't I don't disagree that he's a side, but I don't think takedowns I don't think he's gonna shoot any. He hasn't landed a takedown. I mean, you don't
1: even need a landed takedown though. You could just see a spinning strike coming and move over to the side and do a did. Yeah.
0: That's true um and then from yeah, there I mean, from up. there
1: he's a he's a potent
0: he should try he should try to to do it he's got a good i game mean team, i mean but know?
1: when you got two guys like this or you know you got a guy like uh gutierrez who likes spinning and likes kicking like you don't need to have traditional takedowns to fight to go to the ground
0: yeah um munoz no scorecards plus 125 i, I love more thing is i, I just love think that, that I munoz that one. uh you know, Aldo just shut him down so quickly with just being able to check his leg kicks, and you know, with Gutierrez being such an intelligent striker, I think he he will come prepared to check those leg kicks and uh, skirt his way to a decision. Um, a lot next of his fight,
1: decisions are freaking close, man. Like
0: this guy, I don't think
1: he's his third rounds are not that good. Like you saw, you see Pedro Munoz throwing down with Jermaine Sterling in the third round. Like I don't know if uh, Gutierrez is gonna be gonna be liking that when if that if that comes to if that comes to what he needs to do to win the fight. So
0: next fight is in the light heavyweight division. We have uh Ian Kudalaba taking on Tanner Bowser. Uh, Line for this one is Kudalaba, Favorite, minus 134, Bosser plus 114. I'm really excited for this fight because uh I'm probably gonna get rich on it, to be honest. I mean I have a a plus six fifty, or no, it's oh shit, it went up to plus eight fifty on FanDuel. I bet it at I bet it at 750. It's now 8.50 on FanDuel, uh, but that's Bosser round two. Um, I just think this is like a guaranteed winner here, to be honest. With, with the way that kulaba has been fighting lately, uh, this guy just is running out of gas at a, at a rapid speed. I mean, we, saw, we see him just hit a wall. If, if the fight doesn't go exactly as planned, where he's taking guys down and keeping them down, it just seems like he kind of crumbles at it, the sign of adversity. And uh, I think that he'll have enough steam keep going through the first round i mean the guy comes out his last five fights he's come out like a bat out of hell and he's been going really hard for takedowns taking these guys down sometimes he beats him up sometimes he gasses out and gets finished but it just seems super super clear that he's slowing down like, like consistently in this fight so i think that bosser is bad enough of a defensive grappler to where he probably will get taken down and put against the cage a little bit in round one but then Kudalaba will slow as he always does. Bosser will take advantage, be the much fresher cardio fighter in the second and third round. And Bosser is going to take him out in the second or third. I mean, I, I understand it. I guess it could happen as early as round one. Uh, but I really just think that the sweet spot is round two here. Plus 850. It's 1,000 on some books. Uh, and considering I know that Kudalaba is going to come out hot and take him down. But considering I only think he has five minutes of gas, I don't really see how he could be the favorite in that scenario too so i don't i don't know if i'll get around to a boss or ml play but uh i think he is the uh, the money line side he will be a better line live as well and those round two and three props are real real good
1: yeah um interesting fight here you know people have uh, wanted a uh, Bowser to move down for a while um wanted him to move down for a while now he's doing it you know i'm interested to see what the speed uh difference here is you know kudalaba You know, as much as, you know, we talk shit about him, obviously, like you said, he comes out hot, um, he hits hard, um, so he could potentially have a speed advantage here, and with, you know, the commitment that he comes in with that speed advantage, you know, he could definitely finish you early on in the fight, especially a guy who used to be a heavyweight, you know, starving himself, right, to get down to this weight class, right, it's probably not fun. Um, so that's the only reason that I'm kind of a little bit, like, the, like, you know, gung-ho about, uh, doing money line on Bozer, but I think I'm eventually going to do it when this hits a certain plus plus uh, point on the money line. But I do like those inside the distance props because, you know, if this guy is able to just weather any kind of storm from Kudalaba, he's the kind of guy that uh, Bobber and Kudalaba not stop. You know, Kudalaba's a big bully. You know, I think Tanner Bowser he's fine being, you know, standing up to that, taking what you got from and then uh, coming back at you. So I think that's probably what's going to happen here. Um, so I like those, uh, props as well, but I also like, um, in a money line overall.
0: All right. That's going to take us along to the next fight in the light heavyweight division. Dustin Jacoby taking on Azamat Mertzikhanov. Mertzikhanov technically still undefeated, uh, but he is the underdog here. Justin, Dustin Jacoby minus 156 Mertzikhanov plus 136. Your turn to start this one off for the big boys.
1: Yeah, so on this one, I just kind of overall was leaning towards Jacoby, um, in this fight. You know, kind of just looking at it, feeling like he's gonna be able to keep the range. You know, maybe launch off some leg kicks, and then uh, you know, and then kind of like you know chip away to a decision win. And then I started thinking about it a little more, and I'm kind of giving a little bit more respect onto the dynam- dynamism, or right, of Mirzakanoff, the. Sp- Speed that he has in the uh, left hand. and the fact that he does kind of know how to use it. Like he does have some good angles. I liked how he f- he landed that body shot against uh, Devin Clark. That was pretty nice kind of how he was moving off to Devin Clark's left, right? away from his power hand and nail him there. Obviously, this is a m- more advanced kickboxer and Dustin Jacoby so it should be a much better better matchup in that regard. Um, but I do feel that um that Mirzakhaov is alive here early. I do think that for a lot of the iterations of him winning the fight is kind of him landing, uh, you know, some good strikes, you know, during a round in terms of, uh, you know, hurting Jacoby maybe a little bit. Um, so I'm going to look for a live price just because I don't think this guy's cardio is very good. Uh, in, that in Um, So if he has to really uh, work a lot, you know, maybe, you know, use the clinch, kind of be in the underhook position, trade in positions with Jacoby. I do think Jacoby could wear him down. And I do like Jacoby in that third round. Um, so it's all a matter of trying to see how to set up Jacoby and not like lay too much juice just because I think I'm respecting Merzikanov in the first round. Um, so that's where I'm at overall in the fight.
0: Yeah, I'm largely in agreement, but I I honestly think I might have enough confidence in Jacoby to come around to a pre-fight bet. If this line keeps coming in, I want to get under minus 150. Uh, but I mean... I just think that this line is, you know, uh, being affected by undefeated Russian. You know, he's 12 and zero. He's, his last name ends in uh, on off. And uh, I think people are probably just, you know, telling that. But I don't know, man, this guy doesn't look any any good to me. I mean, he's so short and fat, right? I mean, Jacoby's got to be what, four or five inches taller than him. Uh, yeah, five inches taller, five inches longer. The striking, I think, uh, should be, I wouldn't say fairly one sided, but I just think Jacoby isn't going to be in any danger on the feet, man. I just think nothing Azamut does on the feet is going to really uh, put Jacoby in danger. Maybe if, maybe if a- Azamut can mix in like a, a wrestling attempt and get him against the cage and then use that, that cage to explode with a combination, I could see that working, but like a distance here, man, I just think Jacoby's going to kind of cruise against this guy, just, you know, jab him, pick him apart. And Jacoby did get burnt on his last decision. The guy's margins can be a bit thin at times. Uh he got lucky. Didn't he get lucky against McCall getting a decision, I think? No, I know he won that one legit. But um yeah, so uh he got lucky against somebody. Oh, Maxim Grisham, right? Wasn't wasn't uh, he, that fight. He won that did he get the decision there? He won that. I one. Thought, yeah, I, I, thought, think yeah
1: I thought that Grisham won.
0: Yeah. So I just think I understand that uh, Jacoby generally has close decisions, but uh, Asimov's wrestling, man, is just n- nothing really special to me. I, I don't think that I don't think that he's going to take Bosser down. And I just think the entire fight should favor Jacoby when it's on the feet. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Asimov's wrestling is good enough to get the fight down. Uh, but if it's a standing, I'm pretty confident Jacoby covers that price tag and, uh, you know, wins to wins his way to a decision i understand the the angle that ozzy's talking about though with round three uh round three jacoby what is that 14 to one yeah and then i was looking at gtd earlier on in this week i don't think i'm going to come around to betting yet but um i think it's good i think uh i think the lines on on the finish props here are just off uh which means gtd has to be value so like like, Jacoby KO, 240. Mark Tukhanov KO, 320. Those prices are too low. I don't like either of those. Uh, so, um, time for the co-main event. Amazing matchup here. Man, this is this is a great fucking matchup. This is just going to be uh, a guaranteed entertaining fight. There's Billy Quarantillo is probably top five most consistent entertaining fighters in the sport right now. And I can't wait to see this fight. So, uh, featherweight division, Edson Barbosa, Billy Quarantillo odds for this one Billy Q minus 171 Barbosa plus 146 a little bit sad they never put together uh the bill versus bill matchup again it was supposed to happen at one point in time maybe it could be after this though depending how these guys fights go um you know they will be on the same schedule they just fall on the same day um but uh you know I think that Barbosa is going to give Billy trouble here, right? The, the, the big cage has to be good for Barbosa here. He's still very fleet of foot, still moves pretty well. And, you know, his kicks are still potent. Uh, his hands can still work effectively at times. We saw that really good against Burgos. Uh, and he did look, you know, uh, pretty bad in his last fight against bryce mitchell but bryce mitchell uh you know he has a, a much bigger takedown threat than billy and we just saw you know uh, bryce just get his foot to the gas he put the pressure on him early he mixed in his strikes really well he was actually able to rock barbosa with the strike which is something no one would ever have expected to happen and then he just fucked him on the ground the entire fight Um, uh, but that fight was basically over the second that uh did Mitchell land in that punch, right? Like Barbosa was like, okay, I'm done. So I don't know if that fight is, you know, super indicative. I don't think I'm ready to write Barbosa off as completely shot quite yet because just, you know, a uh, little less than two years ago, we saw him he look one of his best performances ever against Burgos. So, um... I think Billy eventually will will survive the early storm because the guy is crazy tough. He's gonna he's probably gonna eat some shots in round one. He's probably gonna be the underdog after the first round, but I think eventually the nonstop pressure of Billy will get to Barbosa. Uh, Billy's really good in the clinch at at mixing in strikes, maybe even a takedown or two. And I think he probably is gonna drown Barbosa in the second or third round here. Uh, but pre-fight, I think it's Barbosa or, or pass. Uh, Look to live at Billy Q here. And then Billy Q round two, round three, plus six hundred, plus nine hundred, I believe, uh, on those props. Uh, You know, we've seen it time and time again. This guy comes on really strong in two and three, uh, and he could finish. I think the fight should just end ITD. Period. You know, minus one thirty for ITD for the fight to end at any time. I think is good. Um, Interested to see if you agree. Give me your thoughts on that right off the bat, Aussie. You think this one's ending by finish?
1: Billy don't play, bro. Billy don't go to decision. Ideally. Okay. And um, so the how I think this fight, you know, Martian was arguing me before. I was telling this motherfucker how I thought the fight was going to go. And then he starts berating me, telling me how I need to find a, a good plus money. Like, I need to find a good plus money prop. So we're going no, to get into good it. We're going to get into it. Okay. We're going to get into it. All right. Let's get into it because you helped. So, you know, one thing that I see with Ezin Barboza, like, I just feel. It, like, I kind of seen in some of his other fights, I feel this is where it's going to go, is that literally when you just don't give the guy a fight, where, like, you see how Shane Burgos fought him? Just a little bit of a, you know, a dumbass. You know, just kind of, ha- if you don't put your hands on this guy, he's going to fuck you up. But The great thing about how Billy Q fights is none of his, his fights are clean. He's looking to get dirty in there with you. He's he's gonna get the clinch. He's gonna get a tie clinch. He's gonna start kneeing, throwing elbows. He's gonna go for a takedown. He's gonna do all these kinds of things. You know, uh, if you're gonna be at the end with Edson Barboza training jab, cross, hooks, and leg kicks, you're not gonna win. Or if you do win, you're gonna call. Co- it's gonna cost you a lot. And Billy, he's just always going gonna be going forward. So here, yeah, he's going to get hit, dude, for sure, 100%. Edson Barboza will hit Billy Q. Look at Billy Q's uh, striking defense percentage, Marshall. Are you looking at it right now? But if you're not, guess. Guess what it is. What do you think it is?
0: Billy Q's striking defense. defense yes. uh... like this, this percentage,
1: right? So if it's like... 55, 38, thirty eight. You're very 40 percent, dude. So that means he gets hit mm, with 60, 60 percent of the strikes that come his way are hitting him. <laughs> that's a lot, dude. That, that, that's a big amount. But you know bad long term strategy. Also, if you think about as in Barboza, 56 of the sh- percent of the strikes that he's throwing are missing. So we got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a delta there. But either way, um, I just don't think that Billy's going to allow that to happen. Um, I don't think that he's going to let this guy just be throwing leg kicks and for them to not be grappling at all. And you just saw it in the Bryce Mitchell fight, man. This guy on the ground is no good. His physical uh, attributes have deteriorated c- more on the ground than on the Yeah, feet. Like, on the ground, he is entirely hopeless. And Billy Q will tie him into a... People, Billy Q's... Jiu-Jitsu game is underrated. People, that's an underrated aspect of his game. His Jiu-Jitsu is legitimately good. Like, he started, or like his gym where he was at, like, their main thing was Jiu-Jitsu.
0: Yeah. His takedowns are good. He, he, good. He, just wear, he just wears on you in the clinch. Um, Billy yeah, by
1: submission Gugabe. might be good.
0: Our boy Gugabe endorses that. Billy, sub. Billy
1: by submission, Billy round two, round three.
0: I like it. Um, main event time. Another amazing matchup here, Featherweight Division. Um, One of the greatest fighters ever, Max Blessed Holloway, taking on uh, the new kid in town on a 10-fight win streak, Arnold Allen here. We got Max Holloway, minus 167. Arnold Allen, plus 147. Two-way action coming in on this fight. Uh, Really good matchmaking, man. Another great fight, man. Uh, Your turn to start it off.
1: Yeah, Featherweight fight, as you know, back before I uh, started eating a lot, that's, uh, you know, I've always been locked in, let's just say. on the the featherweights. And the biggest thing that always impressed me or like some shit where I'm like, man, I can't, how am I going to compete with this is the aerobic capacity of people like Max Holloway. You train, there's some of these guys for me, it was a lot of these Mexican guys I used to train with. Their cardio is legit crazy. Like they'd be like, we'd have to do like a hundred burpees at the end of class. And man, these guys would be like forty. 40 50 burpees ahead of like even guys are like in good shape that like run marathons and shit i was like what the fuck is going on but the aerobic base that max holloway has and how he utilizes it is probably you know one of the best kind of like matches um of attribute to fight style that you see in mma overall um, and I think that that would bode well for him here because I do not think Arnold Island has that aerobic base. You saw in the, um, he needs to, uh, start listening to P- Peter Atia, but you saw, uh, in the fight against Calvin Cater, um, he's kind of like breathing a little, I, I'm not gonna get into, but the third round against Sadiq Yusuf, um, he kind of completely takes the, the round off. Doesn't really throw too much volume there. Um, his kick game, you know, he throws those head kicks, you know, and stuff like that out, right? He tries that double attack. But it really hasn't always been that clean for him overall. Like, I think he, he like, uh, I poked Nick Lentz a few times, you know, against Gilbert. Gilbert, you know, by then he was shot, didn't try to defend any kicks really well. So he's not really ever gone against a guy who has like a significant threat with volume, speed, and timing like Max Holloway does. Um, and we hope to see that. That side the Calvin Cater fight was a super good test. But you didn't really find out too much from that. So, I mean, early on in this fight, I do think Max Holloway, you know, we'll see how aggressive he is. Um, that That's like the one thing that I'm kind of like trying to, you know, consider um, when thinking about how the fight will overall play out. Um, because Arnold does hit hard. You know, he does know where the chin is, you know, kind of like when, when he's in the pocket with guys. He knows where the guys are going to be at, um, where he needs to throw these strikes, where to, you know, circle off to afterwards. But I think a- after a while... Max is going to be able to track this guy down, you know, start, start, uh, you know, cornering him a little bit um, because, you know, Allen, he he doesn't really fight off the back. You've never really seen him fight off the back foot. Like this is why I'm trying to criticize. But You haven't really seen him fight off the back foot too much. Um, but you don't want to fight against, You don't want to fight against Max Holloway on the back foot anyway. But you haven't ever seen it. So what's gonna happen when he's getting a little tired and circling, trying to circle away from Max Holloway, and Max is beating him to those spots and then uncorking three, four shots? I don't think it ends up well for Arnold Allen. I think he's gonna lead some big. Sh- Big uh, strikes. I think he's going to need a mix in some grappling, maybe. He's got a good trip game in the clinch. And uh, and uh, I haven't really seen too many of his double legs, but he's yoked, you know, strong boy. You know, he's get, getting some UK support, but I do have a few tickets on Max Holloway at minus 145. And I do think that there's good potential for him to finish this fight in uh, the third or the fourth round.
0: Yeah, I agree, but it's a main event. And if you guys know the podcast, you know that I suck at predicting main events and don't want to speak for Ozzy either, but like, it's not, it's not his strong suit either, but he's not as bad as me. I'll tell you that is he's not as bad as me, but surely we got to win one of these, right? I mean, like uh, we got to be eventually right at some point, but, um, I agree. Max Holloway, um, is the side here. I, I, I just, when this fight got announced, I was thinking it might be Max's time he might be done. And then something changed my opinion completely. And it was the Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett fight. I'm looking at Yair Rodriguez just looked great out there. I mean, those body kicks were nasty. He was so quick. He, you know, eventually subbed the fight with a triangle. It was just such a sick performance and finish. Uh, and I'm like, Max Holloway arguably beat this guy like 5 nothing. Maybe he lost a round, maybe even two. Uh, they were competitive rounds, but Max just clearly, clearly got the better of them outboxed them outgrappled him. them. Uh, and the fact that Max was able to, you know, he was able to have a close fight, but still soundly, soundly beat, probably the fellow, you know, top three featherweight, uh, just proved that this guy is still, uh, uh, still probably capable of beating everyone in the division except for, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, um. And I think Max will probably have a a bit of a rough start here. And I I bet him at minus 164. The line will probably end around that same price. I don't think I'm going to get like CLV or anything, but I understand if people wanted to wait on Max Holloway to live bet here because Arnold Allen um, has come out in round ones really well lately. He does seem like a front loaded fighter. Ozzy was making a lot of points about cardio. And I agree with that stuff. I mean, uh, historically, there is nothing to prove that Allen is going to be able to win these third, fourth, and fifth rounds, right? I mean, Max Holloway has probably, what, f- 15 five-round fights in his arsenal, and this will be Allen's first. I know he was supposed to go the full uh, 25 against Cater, got cut short. Would have really liked to see that one play out? But um, I just think that there's too many unknowns with this. With this being a five round fight, I'm going with the guy who I know will have stellar cardio, stellar output, and will be just throwing fucking 200 strikes in rounds four and five. So. I think that's, that's big here, man. It's, it's a five round fight. It's Allen's time to really step up to the plate in this one. I think he's more than deserved it. It's kind of a fucking travesty. This guy has won 10 fights in the UFC and still isn't getting a title shot, but that's, that's just the nature of matchmaking and, you know, featherweight division and everything. But, um, I think eventually Max takes over here. It'll probably be like one one heading into round two or round three. excuse me. And then I expect Max to take over for either a late finish or a uh, or a decision here, uh, either you know, four rounds to one or three to two. um and uh, max three four five, you know, seems almost like, uh a given you got to you got to stab those bets uh, almost every time Max fights a guy not named Alex Volkanovski in uh, in a five round fight and they're good prices too you know 16 18 22 to 1 or something like that so you know Aussie and I are seeing seeing eye that eye on this one it usually doesn't go our way but um hopefully the blessed one can uh can make it happen here so um any any closing thoughts about uh about the the card as a whole no I, I think uh, I mentioned earlier, but just a lot of goes the distances interest me uh, in this fight. Um, you mentioned Lando and Zellhuber. I think that one's good. I personally bet Jillian and Piero to go the distance. I already bet um, Gutierrez and Munoz to go the distance. I think uh, Brown, Algio, Guido, Garcia, and Jacoby Mertzikanov all see uh, the final bell as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like I like a mix of uh, of, of props, money lines, and uh, you know. Uh, tempo props here so should be a good card really good main card uh excited to see this one go down from kansas city and we will see you all before the next ufc event next week peace out everyone